OTB GAA Scale has opened the war definitely with the football pod Where are your power rankings now? The Royal Rumble that's coming our way Hurling pod versus football pod Will, you're a coward Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts Brian O'Driscoll on Off The Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us Now you're welcome along Brian O'Driscoll here in studio you're very welcome good to see you again Yeah you too Joe uh, can I start just a little left field, if that's okay? Yeah. Uh, I sat through Wales, England. Anyone who did won't forget it. Sorry, mm-hmm. they will forget it. <laughs> uh, as they were booting the ball to each other with no real, um, it seemed, point, bar not wanting the ball, uh, I was thinking of that maxim that has kind of hung over Test Rugby for goes to the last decade. Plus, Eddie Jones, as late as 2020, was saying the team that kicks the most wins Test matches. So... Did you agree with that? Was there truth in that? And secondly, is that still the case? I think the stats probably back that up. I, I haven't gone and done a really deep dive to understand the working of that. I think there's so many different factors involved in it in that you have to understand the makeup of your team, what your strengths are, what your kickers are like, um, particularly at 10 and at 15. You know, if you've got two, two people that have a massive boot, well, it's, you know... And and yet you might feel as though you're on a growth proje- proje- uh, projection like or trajectory like England are on. That's a way of getting themselves into developing and getting better and working on aspects that they feel are strong, set piece, small, you know, um, non-negotiables like kick chase, all those factors that are easy to to build from a you know from minimal foundations as as Bortwick was coming in on the backup so i can understand why england do kick a lot kick a lot also the fact that he had massive success with leicester in the premiership last year having won the title mm-hmm. and kicked the leather off the ball too that said i think if you look at the balance of games it it all depends on what you do when you're not kicking the ball as well and how how creative you are mm-hmm. so when i did you know, quickly get your text earlier on to say we're going to talk about this. I, I just wrote down and wanted to look at some of the Ireland stats. And one of the things that uh, over the Six Nations, and obviously they've played three games, um, they've um, they kicked the ball um, 25 times versus Wales. They kicked the ball um, 23 times versus Italy. And they kicked the ball 39 times versus France. Mm. Right? So... We all look back on that French game. It was like, oh my God, it's the most amazing game of rugby ever. It's because of what they did when they ran with the ball that they're not, we don't remember the, you know, 15, 16 more kicks than, sorry, what's that, 20 more kicks than against Italy? Mm. Um, 13 more than against Wales? It, it certainly wouldn't have felt that way, right? Mm. So I think it's a, an awful lot of kicking focus is to do yeah, it puts you in certain positions. But I think if you look at where this Irish team is now, we we were never going to be able to physically dominate teams the way South Africa, England are. We all we were going to have to learn a way and a, and a methodology to actually move them around and um, use slightly smaller um, athletes with footwork and guile and understanding and cunning to be able to pull teams apart, which is what we've created. But layer on top of that, the quality of kicks as well. And I think if you look at some of the meterage as well, mm. comparatively to some teams, so against, um, 
All right, against France, they kicked the ball um, 39 times um, compared to England's 38, but they have another couple of hundred metres. You're also taking into effect that there's different varieties of kicks, but yet England feel as though they kick the leather off the ball. It's not that many clever kicks. It's not, you know, nudging kick passes or little grubber kicks. A huge amount at the weekend were just hoofed long, good line speed, kick chase, squeeze the pressure. Um, so I think you're looking at teams in very different areas of confidence. Yeah. One team really building and one team very comfortable with where they're at. But yet, the stats will show, and Eddie Jones talked about it, and South Africa will tell you as well, that if you're able to have a very effective kicking game with a good kick chase and squeezing pressure and minimal mistakes, it tends to be World Cup-type winning rugby. Yeah. Um, so it... I think it's just about, it's when it goes wrong, when you kick the leather off the ball and you don't do anything in attack, I think people throw their arms up in the air and go, we're kicking the leather off the ball. You would never have known that Ireland kicked the ball 39 times against France because of what they did with it in hand. Mm. And you know that point you make about World Cup tournament, uh, Cup rugby? So Up to this year, sorry, I'm going to caveat by saying, the game's cyclical. Right, it moves. Mm. Back to 07, we were huge and had to be bigger and stronger and c- confrontational. Then the game becomes more aerobic. Um, you know, all the big frames s- slim down, yeah. second rows, ball players. So the game continues to be, it's a continuum, you know, it's, 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 it's cyclical. And so um, what's this iteration? I don't know if we exactly know what World Cup winning rugby is yet. I think we'll find out in October, depending on who is the one that lifts the trophy. And if Ireland are that team, well, then this is the new iteration of where the game needs to go. South Africa go and win it. And it could win it by a kick contest. And it would be like, well, the game hasn't really changed. So I I think it's, you never know what you're going to really get until it transpires. Yeah, because one of the interesting questions then is, well, maybe the game change, changes within the, each four-year cycle and lots of interesting things happen. But then when you get to a World Cup and the pressure's on, that's the biggest game of your life, that's when it's much harder to play champagne rugby. And that's why kicking rugby, easier to implement, is more likely to come out on top under that pressure. And, and t- teams do revert back to... You, you, the subconscious does tighten up to something that you is, is less stressful, less pressurised, and that box kicking game from nine would be construed as that and have we been guilty of going back to that in the past I would say yes we have but I I hope now that there's enough of an understanding of what has gotten this Irish team to number one in the world and justified for them to not think oh well when things do get a bit pressurised let's go back to the game that had us fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh in the world. Yes, but I suppose on an individual level, it's a case of I don't want to be the one that makes a mistake in this massive game. But it becomes bravery of key, you know, people in in key positions. Mm -hmm. That's why that spine of the team, you know, two, four, eight, nine, ten, fifteen is absolutely crucial on decision making front that they choose the right option more often than not. And it can be cruel. It could be you know, one block down or one mistake or one misjudgment that gives field position or territory to to a powerful mauling team that, that mauls you over from 15 out, like South Africa showed against Japan in the World Cup quarterfinal last year. It was a 40-metre 40, 40 maul. So that, that could happen. Mm. But I think you can't live on the edge like that, that you don't be the one to make that mistake. I think if we're to win the World Cup, we've got to be brave. Yeah. 
to be fair, it seems like this team are in that headspace. I, I think they are a yeah. brave team. They don't. I don't think they. I don't think they think like Irish teams of old. I really don't. They. It's. It's only positive thoughts. It really feels like that. Um, you know, when I don't wouldn't be talking to too many of them, but certainly when I talk to Johnny, it's it's very much glass half full. It's like opportunity. It's not. It's not. Oh, can we get to that elusive semi final? They're not thinking about a semi final. They're thinking about winning the World Cup, mm. and anything below that will be a disappointment. Maybe in parts of this country, we might go, oh, isn't it fantastic? We got to a semi final or a final. They will not be happy now that they're number one for a concerted period of time if they don't win the final. Mm. That's that. N- there's winner or not. That's it. They're the two options. Yeah. Your Irish team was coming from a different place, clearly, and this current team have built on what your Irish team's achieved. So it's maybe perhaps easier to have that more positive uh, mindset. But in hindsight, do you look back at teams you played on and think, God, we were a bit glass half empty by comparison do you say standing on the shoulders of giants <laughs> <laughs> I made a real point of not using that phrase um, yeah I, I think I think that it's a mindset for me I, I, it's both a mindset and a, and, a, and a quality of performer right I think if you look at this current crop they're able to fit into a system relatively seamlessly. You lose a world-class operator like Tyg Furlong and you really worry and concern and then Finley Beatham really steps up to the plate and he comes off against France, he gets injured against Italy and Tom O'Toole steps in and does remarkably well on both occasions. It just feels as though there's a total comfort and belief in what they're trying to do and a clarity around around roles. Mm. And... You know, and that's the great thing about this side is that when you are down to the second and third choice, you're you're not as nervous as in the past. Um, of course, the, you know, there's been a bit of twitchiness on on the back, even at, at the weekend. You know, our through quarter line hadn't played, had never played together. I don't know how much they trained together, and they looked as such. Mm. But you know, they still managed to get it done against a very impressive Italian team. Um, mm. They still were able to create lots of chances for themselves. So um, I, I do feel as though this, the, the difference in this current crop versus some of the teams that I would have been part of was that there's a there's a confidence across the board. I think there's there's very few doubters in in what's in the environment currently. I think large parts of the squad in the past were confident, believed, but not everyone. Not everyone, I think. Where were you in that spectrum? Where was I? Yeah, I'm sure you had faith in your own ability, but did you go into World Cups thinking deep down, I'm not sure we're good enough? I, I think a different World Cup. You, you go into the first one in 99, I was new. I had three yeah, caps, sure. so it's different. 03, thought we'd a really decent team. Um, and, you know, beat Australia. Lose to them by two points in the group stage. Beat them. Scotland. I don't think we were ever winning it. could be wrong. Yeah. But I think we could have done semi-final there but we got smashed against a really good French team 07 got it completely wrong and then 11 we had the capabilities again were we going to win it I don't think so I think we were still a good bit off the the quality of those other top teams and you don't remember going into those World Cups thinking to yourself I reckon we'll win this it's not that you necessarily thought we, you know I don't think we'll win this or we will win this we'd not past a quarter final previously and I know this team is the same but 
you can't win it if you don't get into a semi-final. So first of all, get out of your pool, mm. of which we struggled twice and two of the World Cups I was involved. And then you need a huge, huge game, which is no different this time round, which will be France and New Zealand. But I, th I think there's a huge confidence comes with getting to a semi-final where all bets are off. You can get you're only one game away from a World Cup final then. Mm. Um, so I, I don't think we ever allowed ourselves the thought of we're going to go and win this. Of course, you wanted that was the aspiration to go and win it. But first of all, it was kind of the, the process of getting to a quarterfinal and then getting to the elusive semifinal. I think there would have been a rethink and a refocus yes. and, a, and a massive emergence of confidence had we managed to get there that it would have been, OK, we belong here. Yes. Whereas up to this point, it, you know, it hasn't felt well. Have we? Yeah, I think the the quality, it's a bit embarrassing that we haven't managed to get to a semi-final, but it does feel different yeah. this time around. There's a body of work with this team. Yeah, it, it does. And, and it does feel, and this is definitely not me making excuses before we get going, but I don't think that if they don't win against a New Zealand or a France in the quarter-final, I don't think it'll be down to choking or... Or not, or misfiring. I think you'll just find that one of those two oppositions will be a better team on yeah. the day. Yeah. I think we'll have a certain standard, and I think now that's been the consistency of this team has been the quality of performances, even when they're a bit below par. It never really dips below seven out of ten. Still create lots. Yeah. Um. So, you just you just have to hope that when that big game does come, that you've a bigger performance than seven out of ten. And then you nullify the opposition too to 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 kind of bring their score down also. Okay, so that's the um, the kicking tangent. Rome Saturday, Italy obviously improving. What would you say about the Irish performance? I'd say first of all for the Italy performance, um, it's brilliant to have them playing like this. Yeah. Um, I I was so impressed with so many different aspects of their game, their bravery, their skill set, their know how, their knowledge of what they're trying to do, how they. Um, our understanding of, of manipulating defences and giving them a couple of options and trying to choose the right one. A bit like it's a version of what Ireland are doing. Right. They're, it's, they're on, the, on the early scales of what Ireland are doing. Um, but even you know, their red zone defence down on their line, like Ireland haven't really come across that, um, that level of intensity, that physicality. Um, their line at Mall thought unbelievably impressive so I think Ireland will have learnt a lot themselves having come up against opposition like that of how they were actually neutralised a bit in a couple of areas that they're very very strong their pick and jam game in around the the try line is almost unstoppable but yet Italy held them out just by sheer intent I just think huge physicality but accuracy of collisions as well but yeah l largely intent and, well, and body the, on the line is the solution for Ireland show more intent <sighs> no I think I think sometimes you just have teams that, that really are on it on a particular day you could play Italy another day and, and they might get a couple of pick and jam scores so I, I think it's just Take that yeah, yeah. in isolation for the game that it well, was. I just thought there must it, be there must be a degree of and and you must have felt it maybe to a lesser extent against lesser Italian teams, but there must be a nagging knowledge at the back of your mind. We're probably going to win this game, and it's it's probably hard to get to that manic place that the Italian side defending against the number one team in the world are in. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It is. I think you'll feel as though for like like New Zealand felt for many years with us that no matter what, we'll still find a way. Yeah. 
and and yeah, I suppose there is a, a, a you know not being disrespectful because of what's happened over the course of the last twenty years in games against Italy. We've only lost once. Mm. Um, that it does feel as though we'll still, particularly this team, will will find a way to get it done. So yeah, maybe the there is a subconscious of physicality or that you're just off a couple of percent and and it it equalizes that yeah fortitude or that ability to 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 win that one-on-one battle i i don't know you're yeah. talking about like tiny 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 detail but that is test match rugby where else did they neutralize ireland um well, I think they had Ireland go running backwards in defence a few times, which we haven't seen much. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit around the 13 channel. I think that's what makes it so important that we have either Gary Ringrose or Robbie Henshaw playing there. And I'll tell you why. I'll go back to the World Cup in 2015. And we'd have gotten to a World Cup semi-final, I really believe, against Argentina if we had Jared Payne playing 13. So at that stage... Keith Earls even coming in and out of out of the centre was on the wing playing a bit of full back not a, an, an out and out centre but I would say Jared Payne's the best part of his game was his def- defensive organisation his understanding and ability to read um, and and see when we were narrow uh, and ability to pull the defence wider um, and we we missed that and all the talk was about Sean O'Brien and Paulie and Johnny been missed. I think Jared Payne was such a huge loss in that uh, World Cup mm. uh, because we got exposed on the on the uh, on the extremities a couple of times, you know, particularly in the first minute of the game. So um, for me, that's that. It, it is one of the most difficult positions. I can I can say it um, because through experience um, that knowing the multiple decisions that you have to make as a 13 and how you have to front and dummy and blag and pretend that you're doing one thing versus, you know, not showing a consistent picture. All of those aspects are part of a good 13's playbook to be able to get in the head of the opposition 10. Mm. And we were so soft. We were as soft as we possibly could have been. And sometimes in first phase, your down numbers, you know, you have to play, you have to concede five or eight or nine metres and make a tackle out on the touchline. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But we, I did a piece, um, that, you know, I, I put together a piece for ITV for with Gary Ringrose that obviously never showed because he didn't play, but I I'd scrutinised his game over the last couple of, against France and, and Wales. Like, there's so much depth and detail to what he's doing showing eye line, showing high, dropping off, never the same picture twice, um, shoulders square, but then relax them out when he sees, you know, the possibility of a long pass or a kick pass. Um, his, you know, covering um, capabilities and, and his um, kick chase, he, his game against France was actually, it was a nine and a half out of 10. It really was so good defensively he's come on to another level so in that really vulnerable position on on the edge now they are playing wingers a bit higher so there's a bit more security but you could see it in James Lowe the uncertainty around yeah. when he was shooting he through yeah. um, where Bundy was playing off and, and he tried to make some reads where you know where he didn't have that security blanket of what Gary does and and, 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 his, and his ability to be able to 
get the decision wrong, but actually react and and get back out like he did against Dan Bigger against Wales, where he played short for the um, Jack. Uh, is it Jack Morgan ball that went across him and Bigger went on the bounce on the outside and his ability to pivot and go and still you know, get a legs tackle like you, you, we need we do need Gary Ringrose okay. or, or, and Robbie Henshaw's a very good defender Bundy's a really good tackler I don't know if he's necessarily a brilliant defender he's very good at actually tackling but I think defending is all about reading is about understanding who your man is and, and, and how you're going to put yourself in a in a the best body position to to make a, a positive impact, and it, that arsenal of ring roses that you describe, the the, the various things he's, he's um, using, is that kind of standard for your average Test match thirteen who's playing there regularly, or is this like an extra level of sophistication? I, I think he's I think he's another level. Right. I think he's another level. I do. I've watched a lot of thirteens, and. Um, I know he's a big student of the game, but you can tell with what he's doing. I was trying to see if you could get yourself in his mindset when he's playing in in particular body shapes. And he it, it's all about body shape because communication with hundreds of a second sometimes isn't yeah. affordable. Um, so it's all about looking at who the personnel are, who are the ball players, you know, the study you've done on them, what their favoured um, actions are. Um, and that's where Garbisi caught low out a couple of times you know he, he looked out the back um, at one point and then hit Canoni short um, he had a you know Capuazzo coming around the corner um, and screened one player looked as though it was to him but flashed right across the front of him like really clever stuff yes, yeah. um, now the best players are capable of new playbooks every game yes. of coming up with Finn Russell's another one that you can't overread. There's no, there's very few habits there. So you got to be extra careful with how you defend against that type of personnel versus someone who's a creature of habit who goes to certain plays repetitively. And that's all to do with the level of analysis that you do and, and understanding. You know, Welsh players more often than not are, would, would be more structured, would be creatures of going back to the same play. Um, whereas you know, someone like Finn or, or Garbisi, uh, Entomac as well, I don't think so much. So you have yeah. to probably hedge your bets a little bit more and I don't think you can read as many options. It's so interesting. Uh, I mean, even you talked there about Outhouse giving you the eyes. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating to know that that's going on on the pitch. The Garbisi one was really lovely. And I, I could only see the spider cam of it, but I, I was looking at his head tilt, looking yeah. out the back and then throwing the front door ball and he absolutely suckered James Lowe into yes, it. Yeah. Like it was really that's that's there was one against Scotland did one against Wales and it was a forward pass to Pelutu, um gave a, a short pass to Hugh Jones who yeah. split you know it was forward but it's that one looking out the back to a looping um, Finn Russell and then he just dips it short to Hugh yeah. Jones like that stuff it's all that's why body language is everything everything yeah uh, what tens would give you the eyes and, and catch you out from time to time oh no like Finn I think is the best at it um, obviously he's you know he, he has the odd um, you know miss but I, yeah and from your days from my days um, who did you think damn he did me there no one no I'm, he was I'm just, just that good I think the the Aussies were always good, you know Larkham, um, Carter. But Carter usually had a great platform. He didn't maybe have to fight for it as much. So he had a, 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 an advantage to yeah, begin with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But lo- yeah, Larkham, like really good. Um, yeah, you see, Johnny Wilkinson was wasn't really necessarily that sort of guy. He was more not conventional, but he was he had mythology um, methodology to to how he was how he was doing his moves and and yeah, there was. There wasn't that same level of detail that, like, you would see in a Quade Cooper, right? An unbelievably hard guy to to predict what he's doing because I don't think he knows himself. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you're talking about complete, you know, unreadable players in in Cooper and um, and Finn. Fun to play against that. Uh, yeah, because it's a real ch- it's a real challenge. Yeah, yeah. more way, well, of course, more fun. Like, obviously, you can make much better reads on other players, yeah. but. Um, but yeah, for the most part, um, yeah, it was a challenge. You know, you were you were kind of exhausted by the end of it because you were both trying to see it, a lot of it, a lot of that is about showing the picture from a previous game and getting someone to read into a play that you've done previously and then do something slightly different, okay. just nuance it ever so slightly where. It's like suck you in, pull you in, and then bang, yes. you you hit something slightly different, not a million miles away, where the visual still looks the same, but the outcome is just marginally different, and it's someone else running through a hole rather than the guy you're expecting. Right. So you were to study the tape, but with caution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it happened to me. <laughs> I was playing UCD, and then and then <laughs> went to Black Rock, and we had a UCD play called Celtic. <laughs> in my UCD days and so I was and I heard the lads calling Celtic the next year I was like I know this and they suckered me into it oh they, oh, they did you know oh, they, no. they, they called it out loud <laughs> loud enough but not not obviously loud but loud enough that right. I could hear it and then they just <laughs> twisted it every so often and I just looked across at those you usually be the boys after us I was like sweet nice. lads sweet that's nice <laughs> that is nice yeah, unfair to name names, but you must have other days, especially as you got more experienced, where you you felt, buddy, I see what you're doing, and I'm going to read it all day. And you, you must have had lovely days where you were just so on top of an out half, and they were thinking, jeez, he's, he's, like, he's inside our bloody heads here. That must be a nice place to be. It, it is, but I'll counter that as well by saying sometimes it's a dangerous place to get over overly confident. I had a big year in 2009 of, of reading, got a couple of intercepts, you know, got man and ball a few times in the Six Nations yeah. and later on in the year I was like, I'm the guy, I'm this reader guy. Yeah. I made one of the all time worst reads over in Stade de France um, the following year um, from a play that I, I knew was coming, but it was obscene how bad a read this was. And I came on charging through like from from an instant. I came from 13 almost to try and get to the 10 and I missed him and they got in behind us. It was if I saw an 11 year old do it, I'd be embarrassed for him. So you have to be mindful about not getting thinking that you have all of those answers. And that's why I'm really impressed. What Gary's doing is because he's hedging his bets that he's sometimes even when it's a three on two, sometimes he's shaping and then firing late and trying to catch that player off guard. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't get it every time, but there's, I think there's an, an allowance for him to go and do that and make those reads and provided James Lowe or, um, or Mac Hansen make that read with him. Yeah. And then Hugo's a brilliant defender as 15. So if they do go hands, hands, 
worst case scenario, you'd think, all right, our 15 will make the tackle. Mm. They might be a bit further in behind, but on the upside, I could get man and ball or when I whack him and his pass goes inside shoulder, then Max smacks that and then all of a sudden the impetus is with you. You're behind their, yeah. the advantage line of where they thought the next point of contact was going to be. And so you're on the front foot, they're retreating. So it's just, it's all those small little micro wins across the game. And Gary's doing that more and more at the moment, that ability to play off, play off, body shape, you know, to the touchline, shoulders to the touchline, and then this snap back in. And um, and it's it, because as, a, as an attacker, when you see that body shape like that, you relax. You know, you think you've got longer than you have. And so you might you're weighing up your 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 thoughts as to what your next play is. Will I carry? Will I will I try and draw? Will I throw the pass? And all of a sudden, before you have a chance to actually pick that, yeah. you've been mangled. It's like poker. It's funny um, even watching in, in Virgin Studios generally with three professionals, the way they're talking through a game, like to say I'm on the outside looking in is, is really oh my god it's, really it's, no I, that wasn't that's not a, that's not that's not that's not a patronizing really I'm genuinely because you're very knowledgeable the stop. reason I'm saying no, I'm it not, is because you I'm are not. very knowledgeable and no 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 I can follow what you're saying but I can't spot stuff um, in the way I could with other sports but I would find what's so when you say there that um, oh I knew that play and I gambled I'd find the three whoever's in like they'll just half talk to each other during, like during the game um, without even looking at each other they'll say things like Oh, that's that play we used to do. We tried that play, didn't we? But, you know, say it was Rob and Andrew Trimble the mm. weekend. Do you remember that play against South Africa? We tried that one. And Matt will be like, yeah, that's a Brumbies one. And, you know, how many plays are there? I understand there are limitless variations. Yeah. But, like, is there a book that we could get that I could just learn all the plays? Because I don't spot them. I don't, I don't, I rarely uh, see something and I'm like, ah, oh, that's the Claremont play from 2012 that Hugo Keenan's gone through against France. I need someone to tell me. Yeah. Um, I think when you've been involved in them, <laughs> like, of course, you're going to have an advantage because we've an experience, particularly if you've had yeah. a positive experience. I don't feel ashamed of myself. No, I know. But I, like, I just how many like, plays are there? But also, like, Matt's been a coach, right? The lads have been players. No, you're, I you're understand. Across. Cut yourself some slack, Joe. <laughs> this is not my point. <laughs> I know it's not your point. But I, I... How often do you watch a game and go, ooh, I've never seen that before? Not often. Right. Not often. There is one play that I, I was on to Johnny last week and um, and he's like, oh, I'm not I'm not playing this week uh, about to do against Italy. And I, I'm there's, there's two plays the that I really want to see. One you thought see. would work against Italy? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, where it's like, again, same picture of what you're showing, right? So it's nine to 12 with 13 short and 10 out the back with the blind winger kind of just creeping on his shoulder but then having that 12 turn around and flash the ball across the two of them mm. to the 15 because Italy are, and particularly Menoncello was playing on the wing and was loving biting in so I just thought show them the picture and then flash one across it takes a bit of bravery mm. because the ball's going to be in the air for quite a while Okay, but I you know particularly with you know Kapuatsu how wide he Stay, was staying for kicks if you have your other winger on the touchline he's got to respect that so I just think on a on a really good quality bounce pass from someone you you could have the full back play a little bit tighter and bounce from inside to out but I just thought that is that's a money play Right that's, that's so interesting how many plays in an average match would you as a team work on in the preceding week and take into a game? Much smaller amounts these days much Two, smaller three. amounts yeah 
yeah, three, four, I depending think, okay. around the pitch. You'd have, you know, from scrum and line out, you'll have two in in the different positions. So we'll have a walk around on a Friday. Usually, if you're going to an away game, particularly all the cameras that could be up in the stadium, yeah. last thing you just talk through what you're doing. You can't even have a run through anymore. So you talk through your captain or your you know pack leader. Okay, well, line out on the ten. What are we doing? What are our two options? And you'll go A or B. Okay. Um, the other one that I wanted to, to do and see the Hugo Keenan try against France now is showing that same picture and for that pivot. So it's Finley Beelham in that occasion. He instead, to Keenan. Yeah, to yeah. Keenan. Instead of going to Keenan, flashing it across Keenan to the far side of the rook. Okay to someone there because the negative guard is coming around an awful lot of the time but the second defender on that side is more often not, than not relaxed yeah, not and not a, not aware yeah. as to the need to fill in there so you could show yeah by showing the picture of Keenan running that short line you have that negative guard go and I think it opens up the space it means a, a big enough pass from yeah. that player but if you got a good quality passer you could definitely and no one's done it I haven't seen it yet right. so I want to it sounds like you certainly got very good at, at late on in your career if not even right the way through at looking at opposition and realising ah that play Celtic Celtic would uh, be beautiful yeah. against yeah, that you do. opposition you do yeah. Yeah, and, and more often than not we'll all be close enough okay. to to the same viewpoint as to how a team defends or how an individual defends and it's usually around the pivot of 13, 14 or 13, 11 okay. um, but like then you saw the the try that Keenan scored this weekend so I did a piece on Garbisi on, on TV mm-hmm. where he rushes the defence um, particularly off first phase and I don't know I don't know whether I should give him the benefit of the doubt but I don't think I can I think he rushes because he there's a bit of I had my man so he comes charging up um, gets us the you know, first attacker and was like well I made my tackle yes. but the knock on effect to 12, 13 and winger is disastrous because you've no reaction time as a 13 so actually what happened in that Ross Byrne carries the ball brilliantly well to the line McCluskey runs a great line so Garbisi doesn't look at pushing off Ross Byrne in any shape or form um, if he plays a little bit softer he could maybe invite a seven to make that tackle and he could play maybe half on Ross and a half off but the, by him charging so hard on Ross Byrne it meant that Menoncello at 12 couldn't leave Stu McCluskey and once it went out the back then it was left to Brex to make a decision he tried to bite on Matt, on Mac Hansen who beautiful hands to Bundy little juggle and then out to Keenan actually low missed the jump um, on the break um, so you know Keenan was going himself anyway but the defence of Garbisi I wonder did they talk throughout the week saying he doesn't want to drift he wants to be that guy to close your space and that can masquerade itself as I'm the line speed guy but for me I've played with 10s in the past that have wanted to charge up because they're not mad on the on the defensive side of things interesting um Clock coming against us, I, I probably went off on more of a tangent. Very different conversation than I thought we were having. No, we got into. This is not the review of Ireland Italy that I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, advertising. Uh, I'm sure there were there are lots of things you want to touch on from Ireland Italy. Let's do it by way of looking at Murrayfield. So and and borrow from Scotland France at the weekend yeah. as well because we're seeing a bit of steel about Scotland now. Murrayfield was billed at the start of this championship as that could be tricky. As we approach it, it's getting no less tricky in people's eyes. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think it is a great pity that 
it's we're not both unbeaten. It w- would have added to the um, to the occasion. Um, albeit they'll they'll love to be our banana skin. Yeah. Um, and and also give themselves a fighting chance going into uh, the final game. Uh, they didn't get anything against France though, so I don't know what the permutation combinations would need to be for them to be in a positive position. But then Ireland still have England on the final day, which is not inconceivable. You yeah. could lose that one too. So, um, Gregor Townsend said it was their best performance of the championship. Yeah, I, I, I was really disappointed with France. Really disappointed with France this year. I don't know if I can, if I'll get lambasted in keep for that, but I, I just think they're they're not the team that they were last year. I, I just think the their attack shape doesn't look nearly as good as it did previously. Um, I think they're over reliant on a power game. I think they, um, they're a bit lazy in getting back into position to be able to run hard onto the ball. And, I, and I'll counter that by talking about the James Lowe no try. If you, if for anyone that wants to go back and have a look at it, look how far back Josh van der Fleer actually lines himself up to run full tilt onto the ball. It's fifteen yards, and he belts it. Yeah, none of France are doing that. They just they think we're we're, we're huge. We you know we'll be able smash. to just. But yeah. the problem is, it's there's no go again on that collision when when you're not don't have a big head of steam. You know, if you're if you're knocked, there tends not to be this second coming. Yeah. Whereas with Josh, you see it so often because he's running so fast. He, there's an initial shot, he rides that out and then there's an, an, another three, four yeah. yards and sometimes a, a secondary breakthrough. Ireland are number one in the championship for post-contact metres. That, 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 so, so post-contact metres and ruck speed are the two things. Th- whatever about the kicking, ro- you know, ruck speed and, and post-contact, if you can be top of those two stats at Rugby World Cup time, I think you'll have a great chance of winning it. Because mm. uh, an attack like Ireland, yeah. it's, any attack is all about speed of of the defence not being able to set. Kind of surprising France, you know, given first team since 98 to uh, retain a Grand Slam was on offer. They're in a World Cup year. Like that they would have a certain malaise is interesting. Maybe there was a do hangover. You, do you not agree? Do you think, like if, if I was, if we were to swap roles, do you not think that France have been disappointing this year? Like, yeah, like they're didn't really have to work that hard for for that, you know, that end to Mac. OK, a bit of power. It's the first game. They were 19 nil up yeah. in that game and kind of limped over get their got their bonus point. OK, fair enough. But yeah, I, 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 I think they'll be they'll be a lot better with Dante. I think he's a huge loss to them. They do on the main. Ol, Aldrich scene. looks off the pace. Yeah, I know he got subbed off after 10 minutes. for th- Their attacking shape wouldn't jump back to me in the same way it would to you. But certainly that ferocious um, intent at the breakdown and just their general demeanour has dropped a notch or two. I, I really think that Ireland's point of difference is is their breakdown, mm. the accuracy of their breakdown. I've been probably banging that drum for a while, but it's it's the speed at which and the clarity of, yeah. and and the decision making on first support is, I would say, the ultimate point of difference of Ireland right now. So what of Scotland? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not worried about France in the short term. Let's see how they go, and we'll mm. see them in a few months. Potentially, Scotland in a couple of weeks. But I'm sorry, but on France, yeah. I, I, I would be more confident. You know, are we now on France fighting. over New Zealand? No, no, no. I'm not. Don't whatever comes comes, <laughs> okay. right? But I think watching that, I don't think that they're the France of last year. 
Okay. So it's just something we're keeping an eye on. Okay. Per, per se. Okay. Then, sorry, Scotland. <clears throat> I think Finn Finn can um, can pull teams apart. I think we'll get a real test against him. I'm excited about how we are able to deal with what he throws at us if he gets a good platform. Um, but I think we we have we'll have too much for oh, them. Okay, it's, I do, it's not. I do. I do think we'll still have too much yeah, for them. Okay. It'll be physical and battle, but I I think you look at the. With five tries, should have had two more against Italy, and we um you you'd be honest and say, we're decent without being exceptional. I don't mind the intercept try. You know, you're trying things brilliantly read by Bruno. In fairness to him, he's yeah. taking a real punt. Um, the first one was a bit. You'd be a bit worried about how you conceded that and how soft we were. But I think with different personnel, with Gary or with with um, Robbie at 13, I don't think that happens. I think you play yeah. more aggressively. I think so much of 13 is about the about the bravado of what you're showing versus what you're thinking of doing. You can't, if you play, if you show soft, you're offering space. You've got to at least show hard and play soft. Mm. Um, you can't offer immediate drift you've got to you've got to put yourself under pressure to show higher to then be able to have an ability to bounce out to the touchline um, because so much of, of what we're doing now is about getting in the tens eye line and forcing them to make decisions or go back inside or go to places that they feel nervous and when they get a bit twitchy about you playing high in their eye line and they're thinking about throwing a long pass and you dump, dummy blitz one and they don't throw and go back inside. It's just it's another screw in their heads. And that is all part of being of good 13 and centre play from a defensive side of things. And I think at the moment, I haven't seen around the world so, someone doing it much better than Gary. OK, so you, uh, not putting words in your mouth, you don't see any aspect of Scotland which worries no, you? No, of course. Not. Sorry, I don't want to sh- write them off. But I think on the balance of what we've seen so far, it will be a tough game. Mm. It'll be a, a very physical game. But I think we... Um, we ha- we will have enough capability, ideally as well with a full deck. You know, if we're talking, you know, maybe even Johnny, Robbie, and Gary. And if you're talking about Furlong in there and Gibson Park, maybe. Yeah. Like I would be very confident with what they can bring to the team, what they can add to the team on top of what they've already built so far in the Six Nations. Okay. I don't think it's going to be a route, but I I would be confident that we'll cause lots of problems for them. Um, one quick word on England it jumps off the page that George Ford is in from the cold and Marcus Smith has been turfed out of this training week uh, after starting at 10 in the first game and reverting to bench for two games and now out of the squad and Ford is in he has a good relationship with Borthwick obviously uh, from their uh, club time together Uh, quite a few have been saying over the last number of weeks that they anticipated Ford coming back in Mm. I'm not surprised I I just want you'd be Nervous for him, he's because he's had an Achilles injury, and and it tends not to that doesn't heal, you know, within a, g- a game or two of playing. So, you know, for him just to get up to speed, but he, he's he's a guy that won the Premiership again with Leicester. He's a guy a tried and tested, the sort of ten that um, that Borthwick really likes, where a very good tactical kicker of the ball, but also very good running a back line good aggressive to the line yeah. can go himself um, so I'm not surprised I think he's way more in keeping with a Borthwick type out half than, than Marcus Smith Plus uh, we, they know that Ford and Farrell that works they have a relationship 
Yeah, yeah. And um, and then, you know, obviously Tuanagi, you know, has been left out. But uh, but Lawrence has gone well. So, you know, I don't think you're going... Uh, very difficult to drop Ollie Lawrence now at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the balance of Lawrence and Slade looks decent for now. I know it's an early n- new partnership. So, yeah. like, if you're... I think George Ford is, is probably going to be a bench player okay. rather than a starter. Okay. Um, also, his cap, their, their their captain is playing in his position. So, but so I, do, I don't know if I see Farrell going to twelve because I think Lauren, um, Ali Lawrence has done a good job yeah. for for England and gets them advantage line and very physical and and go back to the core of what they're what they've always been good at. Yeah. You know, give advantage line, get some big ball carries around the corner, get you know Genge and Atoji on the front foot. Um, and play that attritional nature. Um, so, so is, is Smith just wrong man, wrong time? Because his highlights reel is so superb, you feel there must be a place for him at Test rugby. Yeah, but his highlight reel at Test level isn't that yet, is it? Certainly not endless. No, no. So that's what counts. You can it, it, the club game is very different than the international game. Um, Space is at a premium, and until you're able to show through performances internationally that you're capable of modifying and and still doing some of what he does at club rugby um, consistently for England I, I, I'm not surprised that they've gone back to Ford yeah I, I yeah I'd, I'd be I'd worry about Marcus Smith's ability to control a game and his kick game um, his kick he had a really below park 25 minute kick game against South Africa in November God, there was some really really loose kicking I've never you'd never see that from George Ford Fair so enough. when you go back and and look at all of the stats and Borthwick's a, a, a proper stato that all of his numbers from a George Ford perspective would be you know green tick on on, on in that ledger okay. less so I would say for Smith we're pretty much out of time a bunch of people have thrown a bunch of out half names at us to, okay go on sorry uh, I, I, someone wants to know Michelac. Yeah, Mi- yeah, Freddie, good one. Yeah, very good one. I should have had a plethora of them. It's just very hard. It's hard to think. Um, he was a joy Latham to Latham was a good one, but L- uh, Larkham was a good one. Did I say Larkham or Latham? I hope I said Larkham. You said Larkham initially and that's La- okay. Latham just there. No, no, no. Latham, no, no, no. That's fine. Um, Freddie, really good. Yeah, great to, great to watch. And yeah, just he really well thought out. You, they scored a try against us where we tried to get clever in defence in the 07 World Cup where we tried to plug our blindside winger in as an additional defender mm-hmm. and we left the whole blindside open and he just reverse kicked one for Vincent Clerk off the right oh, side. Oh, I must of rewatch foot. that. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful if you weren't playing against him. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was class. Yeah. He was class. I saw him actually a couple of weeks ago down in UL. He was over with some coaches down getting... Um, some yeah, coaching advice from that, that they're providing down in Munster Rugby. Yeah, a big um, Toulouse contingent down there. Yeah, right. I think so they had to take all of the all of their Munster notes down. I think are they not? Did they not play them in Europe recently? But uh, stylish dude as well. Ah, oh, slickster, slickster, slickster. Yeah, yeah, slickster. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Spencer. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have played against Carlos much. I, I obviously grew up on Carlos Spencer, More and so. yeah, um, played against them once or twice, but. Yeah. He fair, was good. Fair. He was great. To watch too. <laughs> uh, sorry, someone has asked about this. You, I think you've spoken about this before. The O'Gara famous intercept. Yeah. From memory, 
he did a click with his heel. There's something. There's a little shuffle he would do when he's about to throw that pass. Isn't that? He he deny. I love that he denies. This. It's actually more <laughs> pleasurable. <laughs> I'm speaking off memory. It's, that's no. It's, it's that's it's your a double pump. He loved the second. No. Oh. Yeah. Okay. When he was when he was lining the longer pass, he used to do a double pump, and and then Paulie was obviously always his favoured um, go-to guy. Dunners was an Dunica was an okay ball carrier, but Paulie was the better of the two of them. So whenever the two lined up, you'd always favour that he was going to pu- go to Paulie. But yeah, the the little pump t- for you know, particularly the longer pass to get a bit of um, momentum. acceleration yeah. momentum going. Did he ever double pump you with a bluff? Or was it like I, I don't know. I think I uh, know. I I I think once the intercept came in, I think his his day was done. Would um, do you think he would have been aware that he had that tell? I'm not saying that it, that it was like this. You know, the the Agassi on Becky on Becker serve yeah, yeah. tell. You know, but it was just something that having played with them, that I think probably more from a subconscious point of view, that would have gone. I've seen yes. that. I've seen this before. And it's it's rarely there to his to his hand and straight across his body. There's usually something just to get back to the middle and then back to the left yeah. side. Do you know? Did you have any tells that people ever said to you? By the, the way, you know you do a like, big part of what I was do. What I always did was counter analyzing to make sure that I wasn't being read. So I would have had Mervyn Murphy, the the Irish analyst, going through an awful lot of my games and and coming up regularly with feedback on what how much I favoured one step or the other or whether I was favouring one arm carry versus the other. So just to, as much as you're analysing opposition for consistency of um, of the same manoeuvre, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't easy to analyse as well. And if I did, that they then I went and worked on something to, to modify or change that. Very interesting. Smart. Uh, we are out of time. Um, that was a superb analysis of the weekend's uh, rugby. What more do you need to know about the weekend? Sorry, it's my fault. I took us in odd directions. Our rugby on off the ball. With thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Thank you very much. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Nice one. Cheers. Brian O'Driscoll on off the ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Oh.